bi-weekly podcast with some friends where we get together and discuss fantastic topics of conversation, but really the heart of this podcast is to model what friendship could look like, especially amongst guys. The friendships that we want to foster are intentional. We want to present what vulnerability in the midst of growing a friendship looks like. We're missing a few of our friends tonight, but tonight we have Roger, Frank, Jonathan, and I am Benyam. Thanks for joining Friendology. So exciting, um, our first ever live-streamed podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm so thrilled. So for those who are watching in um, on the live streams that I have, I have Instagram right here. I've got TikTok right here. Thank you guys for coming on in and being a part of this, being a part of my world. I'm just going to angle this one here so the TikTok audience can see everyone on the screen. And um, this is part two of our um, theme that we were talking about a month ago. We were we usually tried to go bi-monthly, but this last month was a bit of a it was a bit of a everything in there, wasn't it, guys? So a shit t- show. You can call it a shit show. <laughs> there you go, Jonathan. Absolutely. Uh, our part one was uh, on the theme of the principles of good friendship. That's what it was, right, guys? Um, and let me give a quick recap here. Joshua, our friend who isn't here, started off that conversation and the contribution that he um, suggested was critical for principles and good friendship, he said, was candor was the word he used. Candor, but candor with kindness. And so we had a little bit of time to uh, talk about what that looked like. And then I think I proposed something. Vulnerability is the word that I chose. I was like, vulnerability is really important for me when thinking about really important principles in friendship. And then Jonathan came up with this idea that I, I want to start off this podcast. Jonathan, if you wanted to just recap what that was. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm putting you under the bus here. <laughs> Do you remember well, what the... Go ahead. I mean, you've got, you've got it written down here that I had something about the path of least resistance yeah, concept. That's right. Do you remember that, Jonathan? It was nope. re- okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, as we were, as you were just doing the intro, I yes. was thinking of something that I, I've heard spoken about negatively in the past. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring it up before I forget it again. Okay. Um, people seem to have a really kind of negative concept of guys razzing each other. And just like getting to the point of being so comfortable that just like, you know, you have little digs at each other. And I can see how it would be seen as a negative thing, Mm -hmm. but I also see that kind of an idea being really, really positive because as guys, Mm. at at least as as far as I know, I've got a lot of like, you know, things that I just want to say to people, but I can't because you can't go around calling everybody assholes. Yeah. But if you're comfortable with somebody, you can start to make that happen and you can have that release in a positive reaffirming, Hey, I love you, dude, but you're a fucking asshole kind of a way. So that's, I just wanted to bring that up before I did anything and you're saying that's inaccessible. Yeah, most of the time. Like, how often can you actually go around and straight to somebody's face call them an asshole? Gotcha. Or or insert other word there. Gotcha, yeah. Especially in the context of friendship. 
Yeah. But yeah. you see, I would probably argue to get to such a point, Jonathan, there's a lot of development in the foundation of the friendship where they know where it's coming from when you're like coming across and saying, hey, bozo. <laughs> right? There's that. that you there's don't, that you don't like my word? <laughs> I like I, it I would just say, fine. Jonathan, that, that resonates with me as well. It's that you know when I really like you when I start making fun of you. Yeah. Uh, usually, but I, I don't always use the word asshole per se, but. Uh, sometimes I definitely poke fun and uh, and kind of getting it back and forth there. But that's definitely a dynamic that takes a long time to generate where it's comfortable enough and there's enough, I don't know, like jovialness back and forth that, that you can kind of do that. Um, but certainly, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of a, 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 for me, it certainly is like sort of a measure that I've got a deeper bond with that person. And I feel comfortable enough to, to kind of, you know, be more lighthearted around, around, you know, poking some, some fun at, at people like that. Um, but it's all kind of, you know, it all comes from a, it doesn't come from a malicious place, right? It's yeah. sort of like, Hey, like, you know, I'm just gonna, just gonna crack a joke here, you know, and I, I, there's nothing, not, no malintent behind it at all. Yeah. It's just to, in, in my mind, it's just us, having a positive way of letting off steam and in yeah. a weird way letting each other know that we love each other. Mm-hmm. Additionally, there's also that confidence you have that the other person is going to receive it in the way that you're intending it, right? It can come that's across, the thing. That's right, yeah. That's the thing. I think that sometimes I do feel comfortable enough with someone I feel that I can kind of poke fun at them. And when there's no reaction, I'm kind of like, oh, well... <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe that person doesn't like me as much, or maybe they were offended, you know, (laughs) so maybe there's a conversation we need to have. And especially when it's communicated in the context of a group, that you're also confident that that group understands the dynamic, right? So like, if we're in a business meeting, for example, formal business meeting, Jonathan just came in and said, hey, a-hole, you know, and (laughs) everyone's like, okay, that just happened. (laughs) Yeah, so I I, I hear you, Jonathan. But let me loop back, though, because it was a really, really um, powerful point, I think, that you shared last time, and that was, uh, you were saying the path of least resistance is the one you want to take by doing the hard work at the front end instead of at the oh. back end. Let me let you run with this idea yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah now yeah. that you've refreshed my memory, <laughs> I'm like, path of least resistance? What the hell, man? There we go. Like, I don't remember saying any of that. <laughs> it's a month ago, I know. Carry on. But in the context of doing the hard work first. Yeah. Yeah, I I think just having those solid conversations. So uh, for my listening audience on here, it's uh, probably an issue on my end with the Where it's internet. Like, I want to be able to just... Jonathan, I'm going to pause you there. Right. Uh, you just cut out for a few seconds on my end because my internet oh. is unstable again. <laughs> okay. So let me see if I can... Yeah, Jen. Hey, Jen. Good to have you on here. She's saying, we can't hear Jonathan. Um, could you just repeat again because it was juicy. Try again. <laughs> it's like... Pull out brilliance in the moment all over again. I know. Carry yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, God. Just... You know, it's really hot outside, and like 
Canada, we don't have air conditioning. So it, every, I don't know, my brain's pretty fried. <laughs> Thanks for having my back. <laughs> I, I had a really, really busy day today and I am, yeah, I am whew, done. Let me see if um, I can piggyback if you'd like, if you're still gathering your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you... So what I remember, Jonathan, and why I loved it, and I know Joshua was just digging it too. Roger, you're still there too. Feel free to uh, jump in. But what I remember about the idea was you were saying the path of least resistance for you is the one you want to take because you want to take care of all the necessary components in friendship at the outset as best as you can so you have a long and bump-less trajectory in that friendship. Whereas if you do it the other way, where you just kind of push things under the carpet, eventually it's going to come up to be something pretty significant down the line that is more tempestuous, more bumpy, right? That's yeah. what, what I was taking from it. Well, well put. I don't even need to be here. Oh, come on. You guys have fun. <laughs> That's uh, Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. It's like checking out. <laughs> No, that was a really, really powerful point. Um, let me just uh, throw it to my audience who's watching in. Feel free to throw in your questions, your suggestions as well. We're talking about the principles of good friendship. We'd love your participation as well. Roger, Frank, I want to give you guys an opportunity to jump in. But before you do, let me just do a quick recap. Do you guys remember the other two things we talked about last time in this conversation? Roger, what do you remember from that? that? One, the last one, I, was, I, wasn't, I didn't make it the last time. Oh, you yeah. did? No, no. Oh, I was so sure you were there. Okay. Frank, do you remember anything? Um, well, yeah, Joshua was talking about candor. Yeah. And then, which, you know, I guess is sort of like that candid conversation piece about, like, you can be comfortable enough with a friend that um, that you can have those, you know, sort of really honest conversations and yeah. be like, you know, can we voice concerns? Can we say this was bothering me? And can we do that in a productive way? Mm -hmm. And then Jonathan was talking, I think what he was talking about was, um, sort of like how he likes to kind of cross those barriers of um, of, of vulnerability um, and honesty. And, this meeting and is being recorded. Nope. Sorry, I just got <laughs> got a, a notification. Um, yeah, sort of like kind of getting everything uh, on the table up front in terms of like this is who I am, this is what I'm about, um, and this is kind of where I want to go. Um, that's, uh, that's, it's an interesting take. And then I think, um, Joshua was like, well, that takes a lot of self-esteem. And then I think I, I kind of like played a bit of devil's advocate at that point where I was like, well, you know, self-esteem might be something that's challenging for a lot of people. So, you know, like uh, hats off to Jonathan that he can, that he can kind of, you know, be super authentic from the beginning, um, but also that also makes me wonder a little bit about like, I don't know, like how intense do we want to be <laughs> from the outset? You know, um, I think like a lot of the friendships I have sort of, especially early on, it's sort of like, well, we have this common interest and this is the things we do together. Um, and the kind of a bond develops through that. Um, but it might not necessarily be as extremely intentional as, as sort of like, you know, like, here's my roadmap and here are all the things, here are all the skeletons in my closet and here are all the things that I think you should know about me. And, um, 
I don't know. Like to me, I think I take a bit more of a lighthearted approach. Um, but I mean, definitely like if you meet someone and you feel really uh, connected with them and feel like you want to have a really close friendship, those are definitely conversations that I think I think I could build towards. Um, but for me, it would take take a bit more time uh, before I kind of feel enough trust to open up like that. So I think that's kind of where we left off um, as far as I can remember. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised I can remember this much. I'm impressed. <laughs> it was, I think it was four weeks ago. <laughs> it was four weeks ago, just about four yeah. weeks ago. It's been a while, so well done, Frank. Yeah. Well done. So, so now brought... we just need uh, Roger to throw in his... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, um, that's fine. No, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more calculated. Um, I'm more calculated. I'm more of a uh, person to take things step by step in friendship in terms of intentionality, uh, because my own personal experience is that while I may mean what, say what I mean and mean what I say, a lot of times I'll meet people who don't say what they mean and mean what they say. And that's my own personal struggle. And so because I have that history, I am not so quick to put it all out there. Um, vulnerability is not something that I'm now uncomfortable with. I, you know, I've become more comfortable with vulnerability, but I don't want to expend the energy too soon up front, particularly where I find that there are a lot of, in my experience, you know, when you're trying to become social or connected in friendship, there are folks who don't mean what they say. You know, it's easy to put words out of your mouth, but it's not as easy to act those words out or be intentional with those words. So for me, in short, I'm really, I, I don't want to say calculated because it seems like I'm, I'm too, I, I hold back. I, I don't, I don't hold back, but I, 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 I give as much as I get and I take it one step at a time without throwing it all in, you know, all at once. And so that's, that's my approach, which is more, I, I think, listen to Frank, mine's more, more aligned in terms of what Frank's perspective. And uh, it doesn't mean that Jonathan's is bad or anything like that, but my, mine's less so than what Jonathan described. Yeah. There was a word that came up in our last podcast recording. That was episode six, the first part of this conversation. And it came up on almost every single point when I was re reviewing the podcast. And that was when Josh was talking about candor with kindness, the word courage came up. Courage because it takes courage to express candor or forthrightness in a friendship, right? When I was talking about vulnerability, the word courage again came up because it takes guts to be able to express what's going on internally, right? Um, and so even in this current conversation, I would say uh, with your point there, Frank, about how it's measured sometimes, the progression. I actually wrote down the question here. The question was, how intense from the outset does a friendship need to evolve? And the and the real answer, I think, that is being evidenced, in, even in this scenario here between Jonathan and uh, myself and Frank and Roger here, is 
there's no right answer. It depends on the person, right? Especially in their frame of makeup. So for some, like for Jonathan and I, I remember Jonathan was like, okay, you're intense, buddy, but I like the intensity. Let's run with this kind of thing, right? Whereas, Let's be friends. I'm pretty sure I asked you out on a mandate. You totally I? did. <laughs> <laughs> you totally did. Yes. <laughs> I want to take you out on a mandate. <laughs> and it was fantastic because there was that resonance that said there is intention to go deeper, but we want to do this at this speed over here, right? Whereas, for example, with you, Roger, you and I needed some time. Like I needed some time with you for you to say, before I let you in a little further, I need to test you out and make sure. And, and I know in our mutual group of friends that we spend time with, there's others who have also communicated the same thing, saying, Binium, I wasn't sure what to think of you at first. You were a little too much, but I had to see the consistency over time before I let you a little bit closer and a little bit closer, right? So there's those expressions, which I don't think is a bad thing per se. It's just the common theme, it seems to be, is, is is there an intentionality that's being expressed to to go to the next level and then the next level deeper in the friendship, right? Is there uh, whatever yeah. speed that looks like? Is there that desire to say, okay, I this is something meaningful I want to invest in, but I'm gonna have my my speed that I'm gonna you know implement in the progression of this, and how do we communicate together about that? You're gonna say something there, Jonathan. Oh, I was just going to say, didn't we talk about uh, intentionality on like episode one or two? Two or three, we something. Did. Two or three or four. But here's the beautiful episode, thing. It's the sixth revenge of the Sith or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the beautiful thing is watching how these other themes, um, they kind of enmesh themselves in expression, right? It's almost like we just can't keep these separate saying, okay, just leave this one on the side here. It has nothing to do with this component over here. There's really that the imp, uh, the application of all these themes uh, as we go along. It seems right. But I want to put things into boxes. Hmm. <laughs> you want to compartmentalize is another way of saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Roger, I have a question for you. And this one is putting you more on the spot. You are the voice uh, professionally, but also personally in our group of friends who has brought more awareness about the interfluidity, I think is the term that you really resonate with in the context of a lot of experiences that you go through and that you premise other people's experiences as well. You've helped me in some of my thinking this way. What does that term look like in the context of considering principles of good friendship as they're evolving in real time? Well, for me, and I'm speaking with my for my own identity as a as a person who, and also give a layman's uh, definition of interfluidity for our audience as well too. Just a simple. Yeah. Well, I, I say I, I my words are identity fluidity. There we um, go. Interfluidity. I like it actually, but it that what those are my words. But but for me, as an as an individual who. Um, who self-discloses and embraces the fact that I'm at the core uh, an extremely fluid identity in every aspect of my my identity whole. What that has allowed me to do is to take a step back and have a better appreciation for when someone's available or not available for me. Hmm. Um, being a fluid person, you know, in terms of personality, some days I'm more introverted or extroverted. Some days I'm more high energy, low energy, different things. Hmm. And, and 
being able to understand that took me some while, took me a while to be able to understand that about myself. And once I've been able to understand that, uh, there were times when I would be annoyed or dismissive of persons who in friendship who weren't available to me in the way that I wanted. Hmm. And so that recognition of my whole self as being so uh, wrapped up in ebbs and flows of different things um, mm-hmm. sort of allowed me to have more, uh, is it empathy maybe? Empathy or understanding for someone in terms of reaching out to them. And if I'm not getting a response, to not see that as a way of being dismissed, but just keeping an open mind at all times for whatever whatever comes. And, and it's more like glass half full perspective. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I mean, that's just my my speak on it. You know, a lot of yeah. us are, are fixed personalities or fixed identities in different parts of our layers. Yeah. I, I'm a chameleon and I, I draw on the people that I'm around quite often in terms of of what comes out, you know, like these animals who change colors and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. in, in this season. So I, mm-hmm. I tend to be that kind of person. Yeah. So just for those coming in on the um, app, oh, she can't hear anything. I just realized they probably can't hear anything because it's coming through here. If I were to unplug this guy, hmm. Let me see if there's another way of facilitating sound on this one here. Testing one two. Uh, talk to me, some of you guys there. Hello. Hello. Oh. Testing. I see. Testing. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm just coming to an awareness of one of the problems, and that is because I'm wiring everything through my little device here. I should probably think about how to connect the audio from the phones where the live stream is going on to. (laughs) So my dear friends who are um, listening in, this is the Friendology podcast. We are doing our very first ever live stream, um, but we're working through some of the kinks from bad connections today to also figuring out audio. So I have a little device on here. Let me show you. Let's see if I can pull it over in front here. This is my device that it's all going through and um, <laughs> uh, the phones are not hooked up to that so um, that is fantastic uh, nonetheless I'll see if I can break down the conversation for those who are listening on here um, we are talking about the principles of friendship and uh, I would love to hear your questions on the live stream um, about what you think are important parameters or important characteristics that are necessary in a good friendship. That's what we're talking about. We're good friends here um, who are talking about various topics like these and and discovering them. We have this podcast called The Friendology, where you can find it on uh, Spotify and all the other major podcast carriers. Um, so far, we've covered uh, candor, which is really important by way of forthrightness in relationship, vulnerability we've talked about. We've also talked about the uh, – Roger, just give them a quick wave right here so they know who you are. We were just talking there about um, in, interest – say that word again, please. Yeah. What is that? Oh, friendology. He's showing that? Yes, oh, he's cool, showing you friendology, cool. yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, We're the, talking about identity fluidity and identity how I, fluidity. I embrace that as an individual who right. ebbs and flows. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, and now um, I will keep you guys in the live stream abreast of what they're sharing as you're watching them miming. <laughs> we'll make this work the best we can. But nonetheless, what other characteristics 
um, are important for considering the in in a good friendship. I, I was just to... looking at okay. our, our, I was just looking at your uh, little yeah. <clears throat> summary that you'd put. Yes. Um, and Frank had actually mentioned um, being open to to change and uh, in the relationship. Oh, I don't know that's that right. Yes, yes. So we were saying that Frank, give away Frank, um, he was actually uh, contributing last time that part of a good friendship is being open to the evolution of change in friendships, like with personalities. Yeah, change, changing dynamics is the word that you had used in the, uh, in the text. Right up there. Yeah, that was a really good point as well, the change in dynamics. Oh, Frank, that sounds like my identity. <laughs> <laughs> Are you stealing sound, each other's ideas? It does sound similar to Roger's. Yeah, or either that or we're a match. I I actually like most we've been doing this now what this is our seventh episode or something episode now that's and usually everything Roger says kind of seems like he stole the words out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) Frank is just talking about Um, Roger no it's true though like it's true like like you I you kind of think well you know I'm a guy so I wake up every morning and I'm the same but that's not (laughs) not nothing could be further from the truth and Mm. yeah sometimes i'm feeling very very happy and social and other times i I just want nothing more than to spend the evening alone uh you know binging netflix and having a couple beers or something right um and yeah some days i'm i'm snappy and i snark at people and other days i'm really friendly and um, yeah, that moods are always shifting, right? So, yeah. um, and that definitely impacts, uh, you know, interactions with friends. And sometimes I need more space, and other times I, I, uh, I'm really craving that interaction. And it doesn't always align with your other friends. Like your other friends might be like, what, you know, <laughs> um, every day is a party, and come on over. But mm-hmm. um, today. Maybe I don't feel like it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, a good friend would recognize that um, and, and also the other way around, recognize when your friends kind of, you know, maybe feel differently or have different moods or kind of have drifted in a different direction and being like, okay, like, hey, like, what can we do to, um, you know, what can we do to, to kind of come together and recognize maybe the way that things have shifted and maybe we can try to figure out um, you know, maybe that there's a different way to connect, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and that might be more in line with kind of, you know, the, the way that, the way that moods shift, you know, um, and I think that someone that's willing to do that is, you know, to me, that speaks volumes, you know, it's sort of like, okay, like, um, um, maybe, maybe, you know, we're, you're busy on the days that we normally see each other, like, what can we do to figure out something else? Or maybe you're just, you're always, uh, I don't know, something else going on and, and, and you don't see each other as much and things drift apart. Um, yeah, maybe there's something else we can do to figure out how to reconnect. Um, and I think, you know, if you've got, if, if I'm the kind of person that can deliver that, or if another friend is willing to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to set aside time so you can access me. Um, that to me is like, that's, that's huge, right? That's okay. That, that person is telling me, Hey, you're important to me and I'm going to figure out a way to see you. You're saying something that really resonates for me, Frank. And I, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope Benya, we're not overtaking the, the topic, but, <laughs> but, but, but Frank, it resonates for me because 
the struggles that I've had in friendship is that on those days when I'm feeling different things, whether more high energy, more introverted, more extroverted, uh, quite often it means identifying a person that fits into that realm to slot into, to hang out with. And it's rare for me as a person who is a composite of all the things that I've said before, where you can find one person who will be comfortable being around me, regardless of where I'm slotting in on that day. And I've had situations where, and even with my own kid, where because I'm a different thing on a different day, someone may say, are you mad at me? What did I do? I'm not, you know what I mean? I define someone, a friend, a person who can slot into those changes is not easy. And then when you are ready to be extroverted, another person who you would probably say go to for that may feel rejected because you're only able to do that sporadically with that individual. Yeah. So it, it, mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. When, and to Austin, I guess to kind of lead on that, like when the awkward silence becomes not awkward, yeah. To me, that's like, okay, but now I'm extremely comfortable. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so this person's going to want to, you know, kind of not feel uncomfortable about being around me. Or I'm not uncomfortable around that person, no matter what the situation is. But yeah, that takes, to me, that, that takes a long time to get to. But it's really nice when it happens. And it's sort of like, you know, now I know um, that even if I'm boring, <laughs> <laughs> you're still going to want to hang out with me. Um, and so, I, yeah, maybe nothing happens, but um, nothing exciting happens. We don't have an amazing conversation, but um, we still enjoy each other's company. I like that. Hmm. That was like a really vulnerable expression of the logistics in real time in friendship. Mm-hmm. Well, back to the courage piece that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I'm doing different, Frank, uh, and Jonathan, don't get left out because I'm focusing on Frank here. But, <laughs> but the one, one thing I'm doing different is, uh, is using taking the courage to communicate this in those calculated step-by-step interactions of friendship, right? Um, to say... Listen, I need you to understand that there are days I'm not going to be da 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 da. To try that, I mean, it, it actually takes courage to 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 find the words to say that because it's courage because you you're interested in, in a particular friendship, but then you're afraid of a rejection by virtue of saying that. So it takes courage to step out and say it. But it's fundamental. It's something that you need to do because it's your needs as a person, and I guess it requires a certain level of maturity. And maturity doesn't mean age. Maturity just means ability to think and understand and express who you are in the context of other people you're interacting with. Yeah. So courage is important for that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Very um, much agree. Well, do you think the characteristic of loyalty should be included in this echelon of really important principles. What do you mean by that? Loyalty Mm -hmm. expressed in friendship, whereby, like you were just mentioning something there, Frank, where you were saying, hey, it'd be nice to have that transition where the awkward becomes unawkward. That's a funny way to say it. But that also bespeaks some sense of commitment 
to working through those uncomfortable seasons in a friendship, right? And one of the things that seems to me that really cements the strength component in a friendship is that this individual is going to stick around for the messiness that does um, season life in general. That's what I mean by loyalty. Mm. And especially if you're asking for that individual to give of themselves saying I want to get to know more of you it seems one isn't as open to say I'm going to share those soft spots internally only for you to run away after that because that doesn't feel like a really safe place right so that loyalty piece that says um, I am trustworthy I am committed I do have an intentional desire to go down the long road with you so let's go ahead and mutually, symbiotically share and contribute to by the that, foundation. By that definition of loyalty, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Well, or it's it's sort of like, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, even if you're having a tough time or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and sort of like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be there with you, even though, you know, you might not be the most fun and exciting person I have the option to hang out with. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. um, but you know you're important to me, so I'm going to try to to be there with you. Um, so yeah, from that perspective, for sure. I guess the we the reason I'm I'm being a little bit cautious here is mm -hmm. to think loyalty to a point. Like I mean, hmm. um, love is conditional, right? In a sense, like if um, I had a friend, for example that was, you know, really great and everything. But then I found out that he was really interested in drunk driving and he always had five, six, seven drinks and drove home. Then, you know, this is where it's kind of, you know, this courage piece comes up and be like, you need to step in and say, that's not okay. Uh, you need to clean your, clean up your act kind of thing. Right. And if he's going to continue to behave in that way, then you start to wonder, well, how far does loyalty go? Right. Um, so, I mean, but certainly in terms of a friend being willing to kind of like put up with the, um, you know, sort of like the seasons of your moods and everything. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I suppose for me, loyalty in that category that you describe where I'm encouraged to go along with something that is against my convictions or my boundaries. Loyalty for me there would look like saying, hey, you ask me into your life, part of that expression means I, I'm diametrically opposite to what you're currently expressing or exhibiting right now, and I'm going to follow through on what I think is the best case scenario for you that you might disagree with, but that's my commitment to friendship. For example, if, if, if it's someone, if one of you boys came and said, Benny, help me bury your body. You know, there's that um, example <laughs> where people say, help me bury your body kind of thing. There's some popular expressions that say, I'm I'm there. I'm going to walk with you down that road, right? But for me, I'd be like, mm, if you're the one who did this and you want me to keep a secret like this, long-term kind of thing, I'd be like, actually, there's a different expression here that I want to implement by way of loyalty in the friendship and saying, how can I support you through what you need to go through? Because it's going to be a rough one right now, but I think you need to walk down this pathway here. That's, I'll, I'll, I'll walk with you to the police station. I'll sit down with you through the inter interrogation. I'll come visit you in, in, in prison, whatever it looks like. But just saying, 
from what my values are and our connectedness. Loyalty for me means I want to help you down that pathway that I think is necessary. And if you're if you're not par uh, interested in that, then we can't quite hang out. But I'm going to need to do what I think I need to do for a clarity of conscience in attending to you as a friend. That's that, a, yeah. an expression there. But but what if it was a pedophile? Great question. Um, that sorry. No, that's, that's okay. like I love this. My, Here's my the thing. first, yeah. My first question would be, mm -hmm. what happened? Like, who was this person that you decided to, well, have to bury for whatever right. reason? And I'd be like, like, there's a story maybe, behind it. Yeah, maybe there was. Maybe there. Maybe they were a pedophile. Maybe they were a person that needed to. <laughs> okay, I All thought right, you were okay. asking if this individual, this friend, turned out to be a pedophile. That's what. Oh I, I no, 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 no! I'm talking about the person that they got, they they killed, oh, that they offed, kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, got it. Because <laughs> if if it was a pedophile, yes, I would happily help bury the body. <laughs> it, on, it depends on the situation. Now, it depends you, on the situation. I'm fluid that way. Now, <laughs> Roger, how do we started? Listen, I appreciate these um, extreme versions of examples just because it helps me walk through the pathway that I That's a I good term, extreme versions. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> Here's how, if, again, because in my mind, I have a, a system that I think along lines, and I, I like to hold myself to a certain pathway of walking down. Does this hold even for the worst case scenario? So let me take those two, Jonathan. Still, there's an individual that was off there, right? And like, he deserved it. Many people would say that, right? But here's where I'm coming from. I'm so aware of my messiness from my past. It's not maybe on that level culturally. You know, we have this hierarchy of this is even worse than this, and this is worse than this. I'm still thinking along the lines of, okay, if this is still a pedophile that was off by your friend and they're like please help me bury the body i'll be like let's do the right thing here i know this is going to be like really ingrained i know you're really frustrated about this example over here of humanity that expresses itself by like doing devastating things definitely needs to address that but still i i would say you're asking the wrong person to bury a body um, because there's life here that and then that's just a personal thing and there's difference of opinions if it was if it turned out even worst case scenario that this friend that I thought was a friend turns out to be a pedophile I think this is where I think of my commitments loyalty wise and saying can I still see something in you that could be redeemable can i walk alongside you to say this is wrong can i help you along that line can i we're going to still do the legitimate due process going through the courts and stuff and law pro like all that is going to still be in check for me but still i would say i want to see this individual at the heart even though they've done awfulness right and say, how can we still walk alongside, how can I walk alongside you to see you in a different place? How can I walk alongside you through your recovery process or whatever that looks like? How can I still hold out hope that this isn't going to define you? That's sort of like where my MO still goes. Shoot. I, I, I've, I've got something to say to that. Go ahead. Holy crap, you'd have a lot of patience for that, dude. <laughs> I don't think I would have that kind of patience to like continue to walk next to them as they were going through that whole process of um, all that. I would be, I would walk alongside them until, you know, to the yeah. next like psychologist's office and then be like, cool, 
Have a good life. So I'm going to anyway, just be vulnerable just, for a quick moment. Just yeah, a yeah, yeah. moment here. And and again, that 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 consistency for me comes along um, because I know what it was like to feel worthless because of my actions once upon a time. So some of the things mm. in my past, I know for some people will write me off indefinitely, right? They'll say, because you cheated on your wife, because you did something so devastating, they'll say something along the lines that is cultural and something along the lines of once a cheater, always a cheater, for example. That's just one phrase that people understand readily, right, right off the bat, right? Yeah. I can understand where that's coming from by way of like their visceral, ah, like you're just untouchable now kind of thing. And I want to just respect their space and their decision to do that. But me coming from my side and pursuing a different trajectory, um, I, I value that I'm not a write-off personally for my, myself. I value that I did some awful stuff, but I'm in a different place because I'm reflecting and taking ownership and accountability for where I once was. I don't agree with the premise of once a cheater or always a cheater because if that's true, then I'm also going to go along and say all the other parameters. Once a liar, always a liar. Once a glutton, always a glutton. Once a thief, always a thief kind of thing. Once a pedophile, always a pedophile. And it just seems to lock someone in that zone of irredeemable, irredeemable like they can't be redeemed anymore you know and i'd like to fight for something more go ahead so yeah i i definitely get that people can change mm -hmm. i don't know how much um patience i would have with Fair. that change process Fair. mind you like i'm being clear yeah i'm also recently separated so mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm in a little bit more of a cynical state of mind these days mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. taking what you were saying into account, mm -hmm. how many people do you actually still see and interact with other than your ex-wife that you were that you saw, you know, while you were quote unquote a or quote um cheater. A, a cheater, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and same thing goes for me, like mm -hmm. before um in my past life, mm -hmm. eight and a half years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I I see very, very, very few people from that period of time from before eight and a half years ago. Now, does that mean that there's that they wrote me off or that I wrote them off? No, we're just in different phases of life, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so for myself personally, like. If somebody were to come out to, to me and say, look, I, you know, seduce nine-year-old girls online or whatever, mm -hmm. that would be like, holy fuck, dude, that mm -hmm. sucks. Mm -hmm. Here's a good psychologist. Like, how can I help you get to the point of wanting to move forward in your life? Mm -hmm. And then at that point in time being like, okay, I'm out. I've done all that I can, mm -hmm. but knowing where that person was, I don't think I could really re, 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 yeah, re-engage after the mm -hmm. process. That's fair. That was, that was like really deep and really dark. And yeah. But it's practical though. I have got a, a very important question. Okay. So Binyam, you had said that um, you would not help anybody bury a body no matter what. I want to hear about Frank and Roger's response to that same kind of question. What if somebody came up to you and said, 
dude. You're, that's I, a friend, right? That's somebody. I, I yeah, yeah. That, uh, as a friend, I need to bury a body. Will you help me? What would you guys say? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. I no, no I, conditions I, on that. I, yeah, I just, I, I got to go to the authorities and there's people that are trained to be handling these things. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you killed someone, like, <laughs> uh, there's some things that test, that test the boundaries of loyalty, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I understand, like, UK gave, gave that extreme example um, of, of sort of, you know, a, a kind of person that, um, would be presumably irredeemable. Um, I don't know anything about pedophiles or what they go through. It disgusts me personally. Um, but am I going to be a party to murder? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, there's, this is a point where I step away and I let the professionals step in. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at on that front. Fair enough. I'm, I'm stepping away also. I mean, I, I, I'm a very loyal person, but, um, but I'm not, I'm not stupid. And I know we're talking about dead body as an extremity. Uh, so that means that there are degrees of those kinds of situations that will occur. And depending on the degree, I'll make a calculated decision in terms of, you know, how far I'll go and how much does this relationship or friendship mean for me? Um, if it's, if it's, if it's, if I'm going to be in jeopardy where I'm going to have to lose my, my ability to earn or go to jail, whatever, it, it's just not worth it. And it's, it's unfortunately then I'm, uh, something that I'll have to let go. Yeah. So I, I won't. Yeah. And again, degrees of that. I mean, if it was a lesser, if it was a lesser thing or a lesser gravity, you know, perhaps maybe I'll say, okay, you're going to um, bomb that person with a balloon with water. Okay, fine. I don't like that. I'm not <laughs> for that. You know, but I will walk with you to the corner. I'll be there. And and you know it just depends the degrees of that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I guess I can we can appreciate the sentiment behind that statement I need you to help me bury your body like there's a a, a feeling behind it right but it's, like one sure. of those, it's one of those things that immigrants have to learn to distinguish between the literal versus the figurative come on over anytime so you know so. Um, in the morning (laughs) um to like wind down this conversation i think i just want to maybe focus our last few moments on talking about i guess i would call it the gutsiness necessary in friendship the gutsiness like we've been talking about how courage is part of one of those elements that kind of keeps on coming back over and over again in this in this consideration because uh, it's a uh, it's a risky thing to open up and to let someone else in and to do vice versa and to build trust in a way that's like huh oh this is this can be uncomfortable sometimes when we have to have a talk 
uh, candor, for example, right? This is a little bit tough when we have to, you know, like express what it looks like to uh, express the things that we've never talked to anyone else about. Ooh, that's vulnerability. Mm. You know, that takes courage. To even like uh, accommodate for like different trajectories that someone is walking down in the friendship, saying, "Hey, I'm moving in a different direction now." That takes courage to communicate instead of just ghosting the person, right? Like, there's just there's an element of gutsiness that I'm not sure most of our listeners perhaps have accommodated for when we sign up for friendship. We like the idea that friendship is going to be easy and comfortable and on our schedule as opposed to messy and sometimes it encroaches on our own comfort in a way that stretches us, right? So let's maybe just reflect on that component of courage or gutsiness that that one has to maybe um, account for as they consider what their circle of friendships looks like, how it's going to grow going forward, what they may have to express, you know, or work on personally to, um, to go down a really helpful pathway in deepening friendships. I kind of think that's sort of just like, you know, getting back to the candor thing mm -hmm. and sort of candor can be all kinds of things, but, um, having that really difficult discussion where you need to get things off your chest mm. and you need to press those to your friend and be like, you know, um, I don't like what you did here or I'm feeling this way. And, you know, I want you to take my feelings seriously mm -hmm. uh, because I, I want you to take our friendship seriously. Mm -hmm. And those are difficult conversations to have. Um, rather than just being, you know, especially amongst guys where it's all like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, mm -hmm. um, maybe you're not fine. Maybe something is bothering you, but it's hard mm -hmm. to have those conversations. Um, and I think uh, certainly between guys, it comes up less often, but mm. uh, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. Um, and certainly in my experience, it's, it's, it's less common. Um, but if you can get to that dynamic, with certain people, then it's, I think it's, it, it can strengthen your bond. Absolutely. To, to kind of, you know, rumble through those tough patches and, sure. and come out the other end stronger. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what you meant. That's good. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> that's yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like it. We lost Jonathan. Oh, he's, he's probably, probably he's, he's there. He's probably just listening. <laughs> What's your take on it, Binyam? I think it is one of those elements where, you see, it's the very thing that we see in movies, for example, right? When you see movies and they're like doing the thing and you're just like vicariously living through the actors as they're like taking those steps and having those talks and, and standing up in their power and all that kind of stuff. Um, we see it presented. We love it when we observe it, but it's expensive to acquire. And I think it really requires that space to walk into it and grow into it, a space where there is permission to fumble our way through it, right? Um, and in a lot of contexts, it seems from my observ observation, there aren't contexts that facilitate such a growth in courage expressed in friendships. And there's a lot more 
there's a lot more, uh, how can I say, there's a lot more openness, or no, not openness, but uh, is the path of least resistance, to use Jonathan's earlier phrase from last uh, uh, podcast, the path of least resistance means let's just kind of not address whatever needs to be addressed. Let's not take those opportunities to rise up and grow in this capacity. And there's no models that are being presented for people to to try and practice with, right? And so that's why I'm thankful even for podcasts like this with a partnership of you guys to say, what could this look like as we one model it and talk about it as even we intentionally work at growing in our friendships too. Um, a huge part they say in the 12 step program, a, a really great place to start is acknowledging, acknowledging saying, huh, I see it. I re realize I may not be there, but I'd like to work my way there. And what could that look like? And I think part of that is, um, is seeing it modeled and then followed on that. The next step is finding those safe people that you can say, here's what I'd like to start practicing. Could we fumble our way through this? Could we vulnerably see what this could look like? And um, I don't know. Yeah, that's what, what I'm thinking there. When you say seeing it modeled and you mentioned the movies, like I would sure. say it's not modeled <laughs> in the movies at all. Okay. You know, yeah. Like in, in the movies, sort of like friends are like loyal to the end. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, That's what I mean. You know, walk, walk, march bravely into the sunset together. Right, right. That kind of stuff. Right. Um, there's never any kind of weakness or vulnerability between guys other than when they get mad at each other and get into a fight. <laughs> but that's the part though i would say frank for example when we have new folks new friends coming into our group of friends one of the things they remark with great admiration is the comfort that we have as a group of friends right the the solid framework in which we're able to engage one they they can sense holy crap like this is a really um there's a lot of things going really well communication wise so there's a very strong presentation that didn't just happen by accident but because we had to work through some stuff we had to have some conversations so they're coming in and seeing more of us like more of the dynamic where we're down the road always and they're like that's amazing right but that's it, a good it, it didn't model yeah but very people have access to that true, true. except for the people that hang out with us yeah, and, and I'd say that's what they see in the movies as well. Like, I'm comparing oh. what we have. We've had to work our way to get to that point. That's yeah. a point where we seem pretty strong in our ability to connect and interrelate with one another. That's the part that I think the movies present, and I think we experience in a real way, not in an acting way, right? So when they come in, they say, there's something amazing about the genuine nature of what is being presented here that they also maybe see in the movies but they probably didn't see the hard work of working our way through. That's right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Roger, any last thoughts? Jonathan? This is good. <laughs> In the midst of fumbles. Guys, go ahead. Go ahead. You guys, you guys pretty much stole the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say something along the lines of start small. You yeah. know, it's, I've, I've been in on a really big kick of, you know, starting with the tiny little steps, you know, the, the journey of, uh, what is a thousand miles starts with, begins with a single step. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a Chinese pro proverb or something like Sounds that. Like it. Anyway. Um, yeah, I've just been a, a lot about that of just like starting 
little and just like doing little things that can get you to that next level of being like courageous kind of thing and you know just like yeah just do whatever the heck you can do today that might feel courageous Mm -hmm. and might get you to the the not even like next step but like a tenth of the way to the next step and and if you just keep doing that you're gonna be it's the tortoise in the hare kind of thing right Jonathan, that's a great way to sum it up. I love your simplicity in doing that. You still didn't let Roger finish. Uh, (laughs) Roger's on the beach. Friends, it has been great to have this chat again. Uh, For those of you who are listening to the Friendology, we thank you for listening in. We want to offer hope, and that's the reason why we get together on a bi-weekly basis, to model what could be, to let you know it is possible, and I love what Jonathan was saying, start small. Start small, even as it takes courage to step up and go to that next level in friendship, it's worthwhile. It'll help you grow, but start small. See you in the next episode of Friendology.